Maybe we should get started. Nobody reads your blog anyway, Casey, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Matter. We learned that last episode. <laughs> God, what a jerk. What a jerk. Hey, no, you're the, you are the jerk, not me. Why am I? How am I the bad guy? Because you this? try and publicly shame me. <laughs> That's the problem. Right? Who it's was this it? public it's uh, this public shaming. That's the uh-huh. issue here. Somebody shoot, who was it? Was it Jason? Somebody said to me recently, I think it was Jason, uh I yep. asked a question about God knows what. I don't even remember what it was now. Oh, it was the uh, file system. And stop. he posted a link. I think <laughs> he he'd heard analog. Me. I think he'd heard it. Because he got the joke. Because he does listen, not always, but he does listen. Oh, God, it made me laugh so hard because I forget exactly but how he phrased it. But... Do you see? That's what we have to go through. But it was true. I should have remembered. I should have seen it and remembered. No, you don't. That's not how brains work. <laughs> I had this with Dr. Drang as well. Like, I don't know why everyone expects that everything that they ever say should be remembered. Because it doesn't it's make important. any sense. To it's me. all important. No, it doesn't things. make any sense. It's like nobody knows how human beings' brains work. On every episode of ATP, you're like, oh, I received this tweet, but I don't remember who it was from. <laughs> right? Like, this is just how people's brains you know, part of that work. Is, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show, and I probably shouldn't talk about this on the show, but here we are. Um, back in the day when I was a 5 by 5 listener, I was not a podcaster. Um, and I, you know, I knew Marco, and I had at least casually known John. Um, I remember it always used to grind my gears in a way that was so ridiculous when um, Marco or John would be like, oh, and listener Casey Liss writes in and says, blah, blah, blah. And it only happened a few times, but I remember being like, dudes, we're friends, aren't we? Can I can I get like a, hey, my yeah. buddy or hey, my but friend or something see, like that? Yeah, I guess so. And then, but, Yeah, I guess so. so. But, you know, here it is that... And it was the worst when I would like send in a uh, an answer to a question, which I did from time to time on hypercritical. Very mm-hmm. rare, to be fair, but it did happen from time to time. And I would send in an answer to a question, and John would be like, "Oh yeah," and some somebody wrote in and said this, and I'd be like, "What the hell? That was me! I want credit for that." And so here it is: I'm doing that to people left and right on ATP. It's all come full circle. I'm not sure that I'm using this word properly, but do you have like a complex with this? <laughs> Is this a complex that you have, like, a real desire to be, like, recognized or something? I I don't know. I just want to be loved, man. That's all I want is to be loved. No, but it's not that, though, right? Like, I mean, because as is proven uh, by the wonderful listener Kevin, who created a supercut of me telling you how many times I loved you on the last episode, which is I'll put in the show notes, which is definitely worth listening to. You are loved. Um, It's not... I don't think it is that. You... Do you you think about legacy? Is legacy a thing that you think about? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe it is. Mm. Like, I don't think it's a conscious thought, but but maybe. I don't know. It's just... It's... It's it's just how can I verbalize this? So, in the case of the podcast shout outs, like it just seemed like, hey man, throw me a bone. I want to feel. Spe-. Maybe it's about feeling special. Maybe that's what it is. Like I'm not yeah. just some listener, is, Casey. No, in that instance, you wanted to feel special, but like now it's like morphed into this whole other thing, right? And I don't even know what to call it. Like, <laughs> do you want to be? You want to be revered? Do you want to be? universally accepted and loved like i'm not sure i'm not sure what it is i I, but you're not alone though like this is something that i feel from time to time i just don't i just don't verbalize it to everybody right which is and that's not i'm not like trying to 
to drag you here or anything. Like, I'm, you know, I'm kind of just saying that, like, I'm with you. I, I feel it, but I just, I get too embarrassed to mention it. Honestly, oh, we'll see. But my, <laughs> but you're 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 way more brazen than I am, just in general. Well, I did think that maybe some of that is our uh, respective countries of origin. But nevertheless, um, you know, my ability, to, know, man. my ability to embarrass myself knows no bounds. And uh, this is just another example. Uh, you know, I think the best analogy I can come, not analogy, but the best a similar situation I can come up, I can come up with is, um, I, I think that John being bothered by follow-up copyright 2011 john syracuse um that yeah is it something, is that yeah it's something that never entered my radar like why i of course it's from john why wouldn't it be from john like mm-hmm. it, it never even crossed my mind to like acknowledge and not that he ever explicitly asked for it to be acknowledged but you know the fact that he was bothered by it not being acknowledged and we'll have to see if we can dig up the uh, reconcilable differences where he talked about this but you know, like that, it was not even on my radar that that he would be perturbed about not being acknowledged. In the same way, I am a hundred percent convinced that it was not even on John's or Marco's radar that, like, when they said, "Oh, listener Casey," like th- that, I would be bothered that they didn't say, "Hey, my friend," or something like that. Well, and bothered is a strong word too. Like, I wasn't bothered. I was just kind of like, "Oh, you know, like, guys, I thought we were pals." You know, <laughs> and so yeah. So, like, I'll say that, like, I get there is there is a flip side to this as well. So, like, I would say that sometimes. Sometimes I have felt like that, and every now and then I'll be like, "Oh, you know." And it's not. I don't. I don't think for me it's the the, the exact strain that you go through. That like, why didn't anybody remember when I spoke about that thing, right? But but I do sometimes like you know you'll get somebody in and talking about something, and you're like you you know this is about me or like I did this. Like it would be nice to be called out and the reason that i feel like this is because when i am in those situations where there's like a show that i enjoy or whatever and they do mention my name then it makes me feel good so i think it is it's the inverse of like wanting the feeling i guess and then when you don't get it like the way that you feel about that i suppose is is the inverse of it yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's, in summary, I'm really needy, is what it all boils down to. So, like, but. let me see if I can try and help you out here a little bit, right? So, I don't know, like, let's let's see if I can try and throw you a bone, try and level some stuff out for you. So, there was something that I've always wanted, and, like, I feel like I'm getting close to it, but, like, I haven't gotten there yet, um, that if I'm ever mentioned on a show that I listen to or like a show in our little bubble that I'm only referred to by my first name and not my full name. Oh, we've done that plenty of times. Haven't no, we? no, it happens, but it's not like universal. Okay. And okay. The reason for this, this is, this is all ego, right? I'm giving you a slice of my ego here <laughs> is because I want to just be known as one name and everyone knows who it is. Like that. I am the mic in this world and that it's just me. <laughs> Right? right, and that like we can all universally agree upon the fact that if we're talking about a great idea that Mike had, we are, we know we're only talking about one guy. But <laughs> that's that's a there's a higher mountain for you to climb, right? Because there's no there's no other Casey's that I can think of that that are in there the are Apple less sphere. mics though. There are less mics, right? Like it's not like John. Right, that's fair. But you know, like there's sure there's like Casey Neistat and uh, who's the the writer uh, Casey Johnson? Is that right? Casey, um, yep. mm-hmm. But but in terms of like strictly the small little click that we're in of like Apple podcasters, like it's just me. But you're right. There's there's a uh, there's got to be at least one other mic, isn't there? 
Well, I'm sure that there are. Like, and it's terrible that I can't think of anybody right off the top of my head. And this is probably because you know I'm trying to I'm trying to like dominate them and knock them all out of the industry. So like you know I tend not to think too much. <laughs> <laughs> not true, not true. Uh, but yeah, so I think about that sort of stuff. I want to I want to be I want to be remembered. I've been thinking about this recently. Like, what is my what is my legacy? Right, like uh, you know. I think we all think about this. Anybody that creates something wants to be remembered. But your particular strain is you want to be remembered 24-7 <laughs> currently <laughs> rather than being remembered into the future. Uh, seemingly so. Oh, my word. All right. So that, that we've already derailed ourselves. The start of the mm-hmm. show was us derailing ourselves. Why don't you tell me about something more interesting? Like, I don't know. How's the weather there these days? It's snowing right now. Ooh. We're having a whole situation. It's been finding its way through Europe, and it's happening here now, too. Something that I very rarely do when I record, I have the curtains open right now so I can look at the window. I can oh. see the snow outside. So if you ever, if I sound like this at any point, it's because I'm looking at the snow because uh, carrot weather is telling me that the snow is going to keep, you know, kind of keep happening in intermittent bursts. And for the first time, it's been snowing kind of intermittently for the last two days here in London. And for the first time, uh, it is actually settling on the ground here now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where before it was just melting away. But apparently Thursday is when we're going to see some real situations. We're looking at 9 to 17 centimeters of snow. What is Um, that in barbaric units? Uh, Let's see. 9 centimeters and inches. That is 3.5 inches. And what did you say? 9 to 17? Yeah. It's three and a half to almost seven inches. That's significant snowfall. That's going to shut down our entire country. Like, no one will be able to do anything. Like, it, I would say the weather the weather keeps changing, right? Like, sometimes it's like one centimeter, and sometimes it's like 25 million centimeters. Like, it's, we're, in a, there is, we're in a bit of flux right now. And my understanding from not really doing much work on this at all is that there is some kind of, like, snowstorm that's blown in from somewhere, like... Uh, that's as much information as I can give you right now. But like, you know, this only ever happens to us when some kind of like freak snowstorm has blown in from some other place. Right. Cause we don't, we don't get the weather like this. Um, so yeah, if we do get that snowfall on Thursday, I'm going to be very excited. I am recording basically all day on Thursday, but Aww. I'll make sure to go outside and uh, run around in the snow. We don't get snow, and snow makes me very excited uh, as a thing. So we have snow. It's weird to me that you say you don't get snow. I, I say that in an accusational way. I don't mean to. It's just my my mental model of, of London and really England in general is that you guys get Maybe nope. not the quantity, but at least as much snow in terms of nope. frequency, like several. And I, I, obviously, I'm go, wrong. We can go like an entire winter with no snowfall. That's so weird. Like, it's not bad. I have it's had significant snowfall that I could make like snowmen out of maybe four times in my life. Wow. Because we usually, in Virginia, which is considered by some to be the South, um, which is certainly like, it's in the middle of the of the country, vertically speaking, right? And it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, where um, where the Northeast is, where New York is, where they get just pounded by snow for months and months and months on end. But we'll usually get, 
maybe one to three decent snowfalls of the kind you're you're looking down the barrel of, you know, decent snowfalls each year and enough that we can make like a snowman or whatever. Um, I'm surprised that you can go many, many, many years without that kind of snow. It's it, again, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. Yeah. It's just maybe it's Harry Potter. I don't even know. And I don't say that to be funny. I'm genuinely yeah, saying. I, I, I would say you're probably right. Like movies. So like, you know, it's worth saying that this isn't the case in all of the United Kingdom, right? So, like, Scotland gets significant snowfall every single year. Okay. But mm-hmm. down in England or in the south of England doesn't really occur. Like, we might get a smattering of snow, but it's not going to settle on the ground or whatever, right? Like, actual real snowfall, which mm. settles, doesn't happen very much, especially in London. And I think it's because it's warmer in London, um, as Kate is pointing out in the chat room as well, right? Like, we get... It's a big city, so it just gets warmer, so the snow doesn't True. settle, mm-hmm. That's right? Point. And you know, and also as well, like it's, there's a lot of humidity in London generally, and and there's a lot more rainfall than we have snowfall, so it happens, but it's very rare. It's very rare that it's anything significant, and I cannot tell you how much I hope that those reports are correct and that we are <laughs> going to have some like serious snow, um, because I love snow because I never get snow, so I'm very happy about it. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm crossing my fingers. I'm doing my snow dance like I used to do when I was a school child uh, in in trying to wish for snow. So I will do all of those things and hopefully you will have a winter wonderland on Thursday. You never know. It is a shame that I don't, you know, with what I do for a living, snow can't stop it. Yeah, that's true. Because like people will not go to work. Right. Oh yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If Thursday is going to be as bad as it's looking like it's going to be, because like literally no trains will leave from anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, the sun's coming out a little bit now, but uh, I think there's more snow for later on. Anyway. Let's thank Pingdom for supporting this week's episode. Pingdom is the company who offer uptime monitoring and web performance management. And you're more familiar with them than you might think because Pingdom are helping to keep your favorite sites online. Websites like Squarespace, BuzzFeed, Netflix, MJ, if you used any of these sites recently and not run into any trouble, you may have Pingdom to thank for that. Websites are pretty sophisticated now and have so many different moving parts. You've got contact forms and e-commerce checkouts, login, search functionality, and loads more. And Pingdom lets you check the availability of all of these functions. But Pingdom isn't just about getting a message when your entire site goes down. They care about every important interaction someone's going to have with your site, and they will let you know if any of it is not working. It's so easy to get started with Pingdom. All they need is the URL that you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now and you'll get a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code ANALOG at checkout and you'll get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Once again, that is pingdom.com, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com slash RelayFM right now and you'll get a 14-day free trial. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and RelayFM. So what else is going on? Well, what's going on with you? <laughs> Indeed. So uh I guess that means it's baby update time. Whatever you want, man. I just want to know <laughs> about what's happening in your life. Oh, thanks, buddy. Um baby update is uh Michaela is going through some sort of growth spurt slash wonder week thing. Um there's a book that that a friend of ours gave us that is about how babies will have what they call in the book wonder weeks where um, mm. they'll do like some sort of significant growing either physically or perhaps mentally or something like that. And wonder week is a very nice way of saying this week is going to be miserable. 
because the baby is doing mm. some significant changing and then it will have new skills, but getting there will require it to be fussy and terrible for a while. So we went through a wonder week a week or two ago and now Michaela's smiling, which is delightful. Um, you know, which is really, really wonderful. And seeing a little smile creep up is, is just the best because, you know, for the first uh, month or so, the baby just kind of sits there and gives you side eye nonstop. <laughs> That's like all they do. Um, but she's smiling now. No laughter yet, but she's smiling, which is great. But uh, we're going through another Wonder Week, so uh, I had to take. I had a phone call this morning that took a while, but uh, in the brief window of time between that phone call and when I called you, or actually you called me, but whatever, uh, I went and tried to find Erin, but it turned out she was in Michaela's room trying to get her to nap for more than 20 minutes. So that's a little bit tough, and it's also exacerbated by the fact that um, I'm going back to work next week. So... Oh wow! Mm-hmm. That came around real fast. Yes, it did. So, oh as, dear. As we record, it's the twenty seventh of uh, February, and my first day back at work will be the sixth of uh, March, which is actually a week from today, coincidentally, as we record. Um, and what I've done is I've arranged with work that I'm going to ease back into work. Um, I don't remember if I talked about this on the show, but, uh, basically there's, I think 22 working days in March, you know, if you consider all the weekdays and I am going to work half of them. And so that will be split spread over the entire month. So I'll do like, I think Tuesday, a week from today, I'll be doing a half day in the morning while Declan's at preschool. So, you know, Aaron only has to deal with Michaela and then I'll come home in the evening and I will not be working or the afternoon, I should say. And I think I'll do the same thing Thursday. And then the following week, you know, I'll do the, the preschool dance and then I'll also go in on like Wednesday morning or something like that. I forget exactly how it worked out. So I'm easing all of us back into it. So, you know, there, there's going to be just Aaron and one child. And then after a couple of days, Aaron and two children, and then more and more and more of that until I'm back to being full-time at work. Um, so yeah, it's, it's already over and I'm sad. It's not that I'm like, it's not that I, I am dreading going back to work, but I don't know. It's nice. It's not going to feel good. No, is it right? Like it's, you know, (laughs) it's nice being retired, even though, you know, all I'm doing is keeping, you know, two children from getting angry at us but nevertheless it has been nice being retired it's nice to be able to go out and do things in the, in the middle of the work week you know i can go to the ups store at like you know one o'clock in the afternoon on a tuesday and nobody's there and it's great and uh and so it's it's i'm bummed but uh we'll we'll see how it goes um we'll see how long it lasts as well like sitting here now i have no specific um plans to do anything but go back to being a cog in the machine but Certainly, this this time away has given me some time to think about stuff and think about what my priorities are, and you know, we're we're talking about it, Aaron and me, and seeing seeing what we think. How's the wedding? Things are moving along. Uh, they are, Mike. It's... Do you know what? Do you know what I have here, Mike? Let me. Uh... Well, I know I know what you I know what you have, but you're not doing it justice well, with that I, sound. Know, I, I I can only do but so much here. Do, do you hear how? solid that sounds you may not no, see but you're not doing it right you've got to hit it hit it hit it right, with right, a knuckle right. or something no no not on okay, the mic well that's okay. that's no good well, listen to this. yes listen. okay uh, there yeah, you go. Yeah, okay i'm getting thank there. I'm you getting so there. much for finally doing justice to the greatest wedding invitations ever created let me describe this to you in excruciate no i'm not going to do that but uh this is the greatest wedding invitation i've ever seen this is this the is time intense. effort and money uh, over the team of people assembled to put these invitations together <laughs> was definitely worth it. I love them. 
and everybody that gets them has really good things to say, including um, all of Adina's cool friends. So, oh, like, Adina has nice. a lot of cool friends, mm-hmm. and, like, the cool friends like it. So, if, like, cool friends like it, we did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it called? Is it letterpress when you have little indentations from the letters? Is that what it's yes. called? Okay, so, yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to be very vague about it, but I will say that there is some letterpress involved, which is very nice, very tastefully done. I mean, the- I, I, I'm happy to talk about some of the specifics. And I will okay. say that, like, after the wedding is done... Uh, I'm planning to do like a real deep dive into this process on the pen addict with my friend Matt, who helped with the actual production of these. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something that I want to do because I want to share it because I think it's really interesting. But basically, what we have is three pieces of uh, heavy paper stock. So, like, basically cardboard. I was going to say, this feels right? like cardboard. Well, it's three pieces, right? So when you put it together, it makes it makes it feel significant. And so you have two that are kind of a creamy color and one which is blue and the blue one sandwiched in the middle. So you have like a blue edge that runs around uh, the, the edge of the invitations. And then we have a wonderful design on each side um, and one side is letter-pressed. But my favorite detail is the envelopes uh, have a foil stamp on them, which is wonderful. Um, and everything about this was custom made um, and was just, you know, it was silly, uh, the, the the amount that each of these invitations ended up costing. Um, but this was something that I really, really cared about. Like, this was my thing. Um, everybody, I think, in a wedding will have a thing that they, this is my assumption, will spend more money on than they should. because it's something that they really care about and this was my really care about thing because there's a couple of things about it one i really wanted to have uh, a beautiful invitation that i was involved in the entire production of right so like you know we had it designed by uh the the wonderful forgotten towel and then my friend matt had all the production done but like i was there and giving my input and like it was like a whole big thing um and uh also, this kind of sounds silly, but I think people assume that they're going to get a really good invite from us because mm-hmm. of my penchant for paper. <laughs> so I was kind of, I kind of had to do it anyway. But like, I really wanted to do it. That was the the main reason, and I'm extremely happy with how they've turned out. And I'll give a little, uh, I'll give a little, uh, a little teaser here. Not a teaser, but like I'll give a piece of information to, to you, Casey, and the analog listeners. Mm-hmm. So the foil stamp um, is like these two little crossed flags is is the way that it looks. And they have our initials on them, or like the first initial of our, of our name. It's like, it's this really nice little simple detail. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get that tattooed on me at some point. Oh, I have such mixed feelings about this. I know. Uh, I don't know I what know. to say about this because on the one side, I do think that's adorable. On the other side, I feel like that is the curse of death for any relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, uh, that is a bold plan, sir. Godspeed. Mm-hmm. I like it because it, I'm not getting anyone's names tattooed on me. Um, it is just a piece of iconography, which is simple. And if anything terrible happened, I could have it very easily covered up because it's going to be very small. So, or, or, or you could just explain to people that you really are a morning person and you are proud of that fact. I don't get it. 
because the, the initials are oh, AM. AM. But on yeah, do you know I never thought of that before. Um but no, but you know, I, I'm I haven't even decided yet if I'm gonna have the initials in the mm. tattoo. It may just be okay. the crossed flags. That would make me more not that you need my approval on this, but that would make me considerably more comfortable because then yeah. it means something if you know, but if you don't know, that's it okay. just looks nice. I mean, and that is what I've been thinking of anyway, that it will probably just be the crossed flags. But but even then, right? Like let's say that that George Clooney came along and took Adina away from me. Um, <laughs> I would still know what the flags meant, right? So it's the same problem for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we'll have to see. Fair enough. Uh, James Thompson, a friend of the show, James Thompson, had a very good take on this. Uh, just got the most ridiculously high quality wedding invitation I've ever seen in my life. And it's not for the royal wedding. Or is it? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it is a royal re- royal wedding. Wasn't it, uh, what did I say to you via iMessage? I got the invite I think I sent you. This is the best f-ing wedding invite I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, uh, it's impressive. It's, it's serious business, you guys. Like, it's, it's some serious stuff. I also liked how, um, how you handled the, um, the Romanian on there. Because it's there, and it's not that it's hidden by any means, but it's, I, I don't mean this in a nasty way, but it's like a little de-emphasized. Like, and, th- and I think that you handled it exactly correctly. I think that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, we we just wanted to have it all on there. Everything no, yeah, yeah. I think it makes perfect sense. Both. And really, it's just for Adina's parents, because everybody else speaks English. So that's the right thing to do. I, I, yeah, I think it was well, a good call. there's no other way to do it, right, in my mind. Yeah. Like, you have to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, I'm excited. I actually, one of the things on my to-do list today is to uh, call and make an appointment for uh, Michaela to get a passport, so... We'll see. Okay, you've answered a question for me that I was going to ask you off the air. Mm-hmm. So that's good news. Well, that's uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, that, that it, we are still marching in the direction of um, of getting her a passport and doing that sort of thing. So uh, we had to wait until we got like a social security card um, because that's kind of how you identify yourself in America is your social security number. And now that we got that, just it was only a week, maybe two weeks ago, but I think only a week ago. Um, and so we have already gotten her passport photographs taken uh, at a local Walgreens, but uh, we haven't yet. And I filled out the passport application, but you need to go to a post office of all places in order to actually submit the application. Both Aaron and I need to be there. It's it's not that involved once you're there, but... Oof. A lot of ours is done through the post office, too. Weird how that is. But nevertheless... Um, it's not that it's that egregious a burden, but you have to call the post office. You have to find the t- magic time, the magic like five minute window during the day that they'll actually answer the phone and that they'll mm-hmm. have somebody that has the magic appointment book that is for the passport office. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, this. it's, it's a disaster <laughs> around here, but nevertheless, we are, we are working and, and moving in the direction of, of, of attending as we had said we would. So we'll see how it goes. Well, hoped. Well, it was never said. The said well, was maybe one, two, three, four, zero was exactly. kind of the, the way. So does Declan already have a passport? Yes. He actually has global entry, in fact. Why? Because we thought we were going to Ool. Oh. Okay. And then it ended up that we didn't go to Ool. But we double-timed yeah, okay. it to get him not only a passport, but global entry. Um, and that was in order to get him prepared to go to Ool. And then it ended up that either Ool changed its dates or... Because I think that might have been the year that it was supposed to be April... And they moved it to October to like right around Halloween, which is his well, birthday. Well, I don't think they moved it. They'd never announced it. And like people just assumed it based upon their schedule. Mm-hmm. Right. 
but then they came out and were like, oh no, we're not doing it in April. We're going to do it in... I think it was like, yeah, because it was over Halloween. Yeah, exactly. And that's his birthday, and it was like his first birthday, and it was, you know, it was mm-hmm. just a, it was a bummer. But anyway, mm-hmm. suffice to say, he's all squared away. It's just her, and uh, as long as we can get a passport appointment, you know, reasonably quickly, it shouldn't hopefully be an issue. So remind me, Mike, actually. <laughs> feel free to nag me about calling the post office. <laughs> in fact, I need to put that in due. What am I doing? I feel like, okay, so this is the thing, right? Love you so much. Mm-hmm. Really want you to be there. I have a lot to deal with. <laughs> reminding you to, to contact the post office to get the passport it's not going to go in my to-do list Casey Why not? I feel like this is a Come you on. problem not Come a me on. problem uh, is, is, does the world not revolve around me is that not been the theme of the last couple episodes of this show <laughs> it's like I don't it's like I don't read your mind I know right, right? isn't this that is, what I need to be doing this is preposterous Michael I'm very excited about the potential <laughs> that you will be attending our wedding though that, that does oh. make me very happy and I'm more happy that it will include everybody yeah, well. um, obviously, I'm most happy that it will include Aaron. Like, I, you two were the top of the list, right? Because you're the two that are actually going to care about it. <laughs> um, but I'm very happy to see Declan again and to meet your lovely daughter. So um, that's all big bonuses. But th- the kids are a bonus. Um, really, we I mostly wanted to make sure that the two of you were going to come. Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. Well, I mean, no if, promises. If, yeah, if, no promises. If, but yes, that is... It's trending in the right direction. We are trending though. in the right direction. Oh, goodness. All right. So uh, what else is going on? We've, we've discussed these beautiful invites. Uh, what What is the current uh, set of to-do list or like what, what are you working on for the wedding? I, I, feel, I, I don't know if I said this on the show. I've said this a lot and so I probably have said it. Um, people are asking kind of like how's the wedding stuff going. I feel like something changed when 2018 rolled around. And that, like, wedding planning became a daily occurrence. Yep. And it wasn't like that last year, right? Like, it was maybe once or twice a week. At most, we would be dealing with something. But now, like, we are on some kind of daily schedule. I will also just state, like, you know, I'm trying not to Gary the Clown this situation. (laughs) But our wedding planner is pregnant. Oh, and is like due soon. That's going to be now dodgy. So this was our concern. We're not concerned. So like she, she feels like me in the idea of how much she seems to care about making sure that her job is done. She's just like, that's not a problem. <laughs> it's like, I'll be able to answer email. And she said only if like something she says if if some like if something like really pressing is going on like they have other people in their team this is this we are dealing with a company not an individual oh interesting oh, I didn't there, know that there's okay. like three or four of them in this company and she's just like oh one of the other girls can help like it's not an issue but when we originally found out about this it was like just by accident <laughs> because we went to a wedding show that they were putting on and we saw that she was pregnant. And she was like, oh, I didn't think to mention it because when I had my first kid, I just carried on working. <laughs> so, oh, my So word. it wasn't an issue. You know, it's just the way that some people are. I don't know what her um, family situation is like, right? I, I don't know if... Uh, I, I have no idea kind of what the situation is with her partner, like it, what that is mm-hmm. um, or isn't, right? I don't know what's going on there. So I'm, I'm assuming she just has a good support network and is able to continue doing the thing that she wants to do, which is working. 
right? So, yeah. but yeah, it was it was very funny to realize this, right? Like to be like, oh no, but she's just like, nope, it's no problem, and I believe her because she's been right on the money the whole way through. Like nothing but incredible things to say about this company and i'll say like if anybody out there is getting married and you're based in the uk send me an email and i'll tell you who this company is and i have nothing but good things to say about them um yeah they've been amazing so i just yeah that's just another funny thing but anyway we are like just every day something happening i mean the sending the invitations was a whole big thing we had to do it in like three different waves depending on where in the world the invitations were going to I don't know if everybody's even received them yet, but well, where what were the three waves? Like one for the UK, one for Romania, and one for the US. Well, one for the UK, one for Europe, and one for uh, the the US. We have other friends outside of Romania, also in Europe, um, that these were being sent to. So, yeah, fair enough. Now, um, did you stagger them on account of trying to get them to arrive at roughly the same day? Is that the intention? That was a a thing that was nice, which we realized was going to happen. It was purely based upon how many of these Canadian are right out because I wasn't allowed to write. That's on them. right. I actually uh, see now. This seems not genuine. Uh, we got si- or I got sidetracked earlier. I meant to ask you who did the uh, penmanship on the envelopes because this is tremendous. This is like its own font. I am I am quite impressed, and it doesn't sound genuine now because you just you know f- seeded it in my brain. But I really was very impressed by. Uh, I guess it was Adina's handwriting. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to touch it. I don't have good handwriting. <laughs> For a man who loves pens, you are not terribly adept at using them. I see how it is. No, I'm very bad because I don't care. <laughs> right? Like, oh, I funny. have no, penmanship is not a thing that concerns me. Is it pen? Is that one of the ones you like? Would you change it to pen personship? I don't know. Ah, interesting. Is that a thing? I don't know. Should, it, should I change that? I feel like I should, but That's I don't know. Point. Pen person. I'm going to, if if it's not. Then I'm gonna. We're gonna start here. The, the <laughs> pen personship is what it should be. Brad is gonna be so upset that it started here. Well, I don't know. I'm sure somebody else has said it before. <laughs> In any case, no. Truly, though, you should pick somebody or have her like write a, a an anonymous, you know, uh, envelope in the same font, so to speak, because it is it is very well done. Yeah, she took a lot of time on it, and you can tell. You really can. It looks great. I'm just gonna post yours. Uh, that's fine. Uh, don't worry about blurring anything. Gary will be totally fine with it. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Squarespace. Enter the offer code FEELS at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move for Squarespace to let you easily create a website for your next idea and with a unique domain name, award-winning templates and more, they are the perfect place for you to start your website. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any assistance, but let me tell you, Squarespace is so easy to use, I really doubt that you're going to need it. They are the only one platform. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. So you don't have to, have to do any of that annoying setup stuff or that confusing setup stuff. You just go to squarespace.com, you sign up for one of their free trials, and you dig into their beautiful templates. You pick one that works for you, you add your content, you can customize it with all drag-and-drop stuff, change colors, change fonts. It's so easy. And you can do all of this as part of the free trial. And then when you make sure it's right for you, you want to sign up. And then when you do, use the offer code FEELS, F-E-E-L-S, and you'll get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of Analog and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. 
All right. Casey, I feel grounded. Uh, in the, like, grounded go to your room way or in the, like, a plane isn't taking off way? I don't know. Sometimes after we talk, I do feel like I've been sent to my room. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You shower me and stuff, but no, hey, I man, mean you were more. The one who, wait, wait, you sent me to oh, my room after the last episode. Come on, I know. Uh, no, I told you that I loved you after right. sending me to my. Yeah, it was one of those. I, I'm doing this to you because I love you. I am spanking you yeah. on the bottom because I love you. You were, you were put. Why do you have to say stuff like that? Why? <laughs> I didn't even why? think of it that way. Why do you have to do that? I didn't that? even think of it that way. Did you notice the typo I had? I had a mic chat in a, in a tweet to Marco yesterday, which I think was much funnier to the UK than it was to the to Americans. But I I said to Marco, and I, I was trying to be genuine. I said to him, you know, hey, I've, I've probably said this to you before, but I, I like this return to blogging that you're that you're having. But what I wrote was, I, li- I like your return to bogging. And I get the feeling that that has a very different uh, uh, meaning to you than it does to me. But I have no idea. I don't know. I think it's something sexual. But anyways, the point is... Uh, Everything is, though, right? <laughs> that's true. Uh, it, it all eventually goes that way, doesn't it? But mm-hmm. uh, where were we going? Where, I'm so sorry. Oh, you're grounded. You're feeling grounded. And uh, this has yeah. nothing to do with me spanking any bottoms. Please stop doing that. <laughs> like, that's all I want you to do is just to stop. You know, I feel sorry for your children. You are oh, going to be the most embarrassing father. Like going when their me? friends come over. You don't oh think my I am gosh! Already? Oh my gosh! I, I feel so bad. I guarantee there will be a time that Declan sends a text, or or Michaela for that matter. I just pick on him because he's older. Declan or Michaela will send a text to, to Aaron and say, "Hey, is Dad home?" And she's going to say <laughs> no, and he's going to say, "Oh, great! My friends and I are coming over." <laughs> <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> this no, this is guaranteed, oh, and God. to happen more than once. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Because you are gonna be like the worst. You were like primed for dad jokes, <laughs> right? Like you were just like primed for it. It's, you know, the it's, funny thing is, I feel like I am primed for dad jokes. But you know who is unbelievably good at dad jokes, other than Lex Friedman, is uh, Dan Moran. And he is everyone's stunning. favorite. Everyone's author. favorite. Everyone's favorite author of the uh, of the Caledonian, Caledonian Gambit. Did I pronounce that right? I hope I did. Anyway, mm-hmm. you should look it up. You sure did. Um, so, anyways, uh, he is unbelievably good at dad jokes, which is hilarious because he is not yet a dad. But uh, he is possibly my favorite dad joke teller. You have something to aspire to. Then, I, I do. I do. So, anyway, can we can we hopefully let me not derail you anymore? Why are you feeling grounded? I haven't traveled anywhere for nearly three months <gasps> or like two and a half months or something. So is like that actually that remarkable? This year. For me, it is because I was coming off of a stint of every month for Oof. like yeah. six months, seven months being in the US, like every single month. So it is weird, or at least traveling on a plane, right? So like... Oh man, let me try. Let me see if I can work this backwards. So, in December I went to Romania. In November I was in Seattle. In October I was in Chicago. Oh, also in November I was in uh, Las Vegas. Um, so yeah. So then I was Chicago in October, uh, September, August. I was doing that really long trip, right? Where I was in the U.S. for right. like six months, nearly a month, right? <laughs> where I was in New York, Memphis, uh, yeah, New York and Memphis, and then I don't remember if I went anywhere in July, but then like June was 
WWDC. I don't remember about May. April was the pen show. So, that oh, also, intense. I was also in DC in August as well for the pen show as well. So, you can see that after a stint like that, I mean, I'm sure I went on some other trips as well that I honestly can't even remember right now. So now you can see if I am, because by the time I'm not leaving anywhere until April now, so it will be effectively three and a half to four months of me being just in the UK, right, without leaving the UK. And I have this feeling right now where I am noticing it that I have not had a change of scenery in a while because as well because I tend to spend most of my time at home or in like very very similar locations like a couple of different couple of different locations where I might go to so like I don't get the big drastic changes in scenery I'm not seeing any of my friends like you know I, I have UK friends but you know what I mean right yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing any of the people that I see when I travel um so yeah I'm feeling it and it's weird and it's made worse by the fact that I'm only like halfway through at this point before going anywhere. And and the reason that I have noticed this is that there has been like this background process running in my brain over the last week or so where I feel like I've been trying to find an excuse to go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like something will happen and I'll be like, oh, I should be there. Can I make a recommendation for you? Because uh, I hear Richmond is not a bad place to be these days. Right, but what's the reason? Like, okay, I know visiting you is obviously a wonderful thing, but my my travel typically, very typically, has purpose, right? Like that, there is a need, typically business, for me to make a trip, right? Like that is that's mostly why I travel. I don't take a lot of holidays, right? Like these these aren't like vacations that I'm taking. Um, I did take two vacations last year, which was awesome. Um, But, you know, I don't, it's not like a big part of the reason. It's like either family stuff or it's work stuff. So just picking a place to go to for the sake of it doesn't really, like, work. You know what I'm saying, right? Like, there has to be some kind of reason. Especially because the, 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 the foreground part of my brain is trying to calm down the background part because what I did last year, all of that travel beginning in like April is going to happen again this year. And Mm. it is looking likely that from April onwards, I will be out of the country every month for the rest of the year again. My word. But that's, this is part, this is part of my life. This is one of the things that has become a part of my life over the last couple of years that I have abundant reason to travel to America, mostly, for work, right? Like, that has become a a big thing. And it is something that I take advantage of, that because there is a lot of reason, I do it. And so far, it has proven to be very valuable because there's been lots of relationships that I've been able to build and forge and strengthen over that period of time, which has made my business run smoother. Like if I know that if I didn't travel out to WWDC prior to Relay FM, that Relay FM would not exist. Like I know that as an undeniable fact that the the people like you, right? 
would not be a part of what I'm doing right now in my life if we wouldn't have met at WWDC. There is just no way that me and you would have built the bond that we have if we wouldn't have met in person. It's, it's just not. It's just not a thing. So I have, you know. So I, I take advantage of travel, and I, I love to do it, and so I, I do it a lot. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. It's funny though that it doesn't take that long for you to get like kind of antsy about it. I mean, it hasn't been that long that you've been home, and most people I would think would want would relish that time at home, especially knowing what's coming. <sighs> And it's not that you don't. Yeah, I really don't want to make it sound like I hate right, right, right. my life. Yeah. But it's just when you become used to something, when it goes away, if you enjoy it, then you miss it. Yeah. Right? Also as well, like I don't, most of my trips are short trips. Um, with the occasional long trip that I didn't want to do again, but it looks like I might end up doing again. <laughs> this year uh which is a whole a whole thing for another time um but yeah i i i obviously love being at home but i also really enjoy traveling it's one of it's one of my pleasures in life um is being able to go and visit these places that are pretty much always in america but that's the always the place that i want to go um i always want to go to america and see people and see new cities that i'm interested in like i still have a list of places that i've not yet been to that i want to go to and i'm going to be ticking a couple of those off this year so you know it is a it's a it's a great joy for me and now i want to talk about america a little bit more hey analog listeners casey here i just wanted to let you know that the next chapter of the show is a pretty raw discussion about what's been going on in america with school shootings and guns and things like that We've taken out any of the swear words that have been used, but it's a pretty serious conversation that we've mostly left alone. And if that's not your cup of tea, that's totally fine. You can skip to the next chapter or just fast forward a ways and skip right through it. Mike and I won't be bothered, but we just wanted to give you a warning because we've mostly left this alone and it gets a little bit angry. Anyway, best of luck. Stay safe. I don't really know how to talk about this. Um... I just feel like considering the type of show that we have and like our history of the things that we have spent time talking about, I feel like it is something that is unavoidable and I don't want to dodge it because I feel like it's the wrong thing to do to dodge it. But at the same time, I don't know what I have to say. Uh, I just want to talk about guns, I guess. Yeah. This is I I don't really know I don't I can't add anything to this conversation that is useful I, I don't think and and I guess that like you know you either saw this chapter mark or saw it in the show notes or hear me now and, and you know if you want to listen to this and you know I would hope that no matter what side of this debate you fall upon that you might just take a moment to listen to me and Casey I mean we're not trying to be mean or anything like i was just gonna say we're not trying to change your mind but that's not true <laughs> you know it's not is it right me and you have an opinion uh about about gun control and our opinion is that yes right like that's the answer gun control opinion is yes yeah good Sign that would up. be nice yeah yeah 
but you know, I will also, I just want to make it very clear, right. That, um, it's not my country, right. So maybe it's not my place. Uh, well, I'll take over. But I then. care about it. Yeah. But you know, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I want to make do. that very clear, right. That like, I don't like it like anybody, right. I don't like it when people come to me and try and t- tell me how they're going to fix the problems of my country. Right. Cause you don't, you don't know, you don't live here. So I don't want to be sitting here on my high horse trying to trying to preach something to your nation, but I I do care about it because I care about America so much. And I don't you know, I I just wanna I wanna see what I wanna see out of your country, which is that terrible atrocities of people being shot don't happen anymore and I I don't profess to know enough about this situation to make an in, a scientifically informed opinion on this but t- to my simple mind I would say that it would probably be good and would help if there were just no guns at all and like I know that there are so many problems in that like i know it would be difficult and i know that it would be upsetting for some people but like i just don't i just don't know how people are happy with the new with this type of occurrence and this type of news like i, I no one can be happy to see it so shouldn't you want to do something about it and i know that like it isn't every person that owns a firearm is like responsible for it happening but there might be something in trying to come together on it and regulate it or Get rid of them, yep. or yeah. just just try anything. <laughs> Can we you know? throw something against the wall and see if it sticks? Like, you know what? You probably shouldn't start with like we're gonna melt them all down, right? It's probably not the best place to start. Sounds like, good though. Ideally, ideally that would be. I mean, in a lot of people's opinions, mine and yours, that is the ideal outcome. But like, I feel like that that will probably be too much to start with but like there are so many things that can be done before you get to that point as like a stepping stone right just as a way to like you know that there are just certain types of firearms that just don't need to be sold to anyone right like that people just don't need you know and i know that there are there are a lot more restrictions around assault rifles now is my understanding but like you can still buy just things that are like just too much right like for anybody's real actual usage but even then like you know my feeling is just like there are people i'm sure that have real genuine need right because like you can get a gun license in this country right like you can get one and you can have one but the only people that do it like they have like real need that makes sense and the need is like, oh, no, I'm going to upset people. The need is not like the fear of the government coming to get you. <laughs> Rich, like, 
I just like look. I'm really sorry because I'm. Tr- I was really trying not to do this, but I've stumbled into it now. That makes no sense. Like, there's just no sense. Like, if you have a, f- if you have a handgun and you're scared of the government, what guns do you think the government has if they're coming to get you? Like, do they have smaller guns than you? No, the the government would have bigger guns. Like. And they will always have a bigger gun. That's like, the key. Look, mm-hmm. Right? Like, look at the tanks that they drove into Ferguson. Right? Like, there is no gun you can own that will help you if that is your concern. Right? Like, because it's not happening. The government is not going to come for you with a gun. And if they do... You can't do anything about it. Yeah, it'll probably be on a darn drone if it's that big a deal. Like, okay, have fun shooting down this drone. It's at, that's at 40,000 feet or whatever. I don't even know if that's accurate. But you know I'm what? I'm sorry. You get... I really didn't want to do this. No, it's okay. Well, I don't know. I don't know what I thought was going to happen when we started talking about this. But like, well, let me, let me give are. you my perspective. And right now, I'm less angry about it because I've had many other things to be worrying about that are much more local to my world. But I am deeply angry about it. Um, and I think the thing is, you you said something earlier, but it was a little while ago, and, and, and it slipped my mind exactly the words you used. But you said something along the lines of, well, why don't people just want to help make it better? And the implication you had, which I agree with for the record, is why don't we try to help make it better by, like, taking guns away or buying them back or friggin' melting them if we have to, whatever. But the thing that I'm that I need to remember and that I struggle to remember is that those who really enjoy their guns, many of them, not all of them, many of them would say that they are trying to make it better by having the guns. And they're trying to make it better by giving teachers guns, which we'll talk about in a minute. Because their perspective is, the it, I have a responsibility. I myself, I, Casey, have a responsibility to protect my family, which, okay, so far so good. And I need to protect them from anything, including a maniac with a firearm. Eh, I'm not so sure that's accurate. And so their their view of helping is I will escalate my own protection scheme. I will go from bat to knife. I will go from knife to gun. I will go from gun to machine gun. I will escalate my ability to protect my family and it will know no bounds. If I can get my hands on an AR-15, screw it. I'll take three because I will do whatever it takes to protect my family. Now, taken in isolation... I actually kind of understand that, right? Like, I want to protect my you family. You want to protect your family. Right. Yeah, like, I can't argue with the underlying sentiment if that is truly what you believe. And I think that some people, I, I really do think that's what they think. I think there's mm-hmm. another group of people, and, and so these people are, like, res- generally speaking, maybe very responsible gun owners. You know, they, they keep their firearms locked up, except that kind of defeats the purpose of self-protection, but let's just not worry about that right now. Um, they keep their guns locked up. They keep their ammunition locked up. They only shoot at target, per, you know, at, at shooting ranges. They, they only buy things that are registered with the government, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're another kind of responsible gun owner that really doesn't necessarily need it for self-protection. They just really enjoy firing a gun. And having fired a gun in the past, it is a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, maybe they go to the range from time to time, and that's really the only reason they have their gun. And again, taken in isolation, is there any reason to melt either of these people's guns? 
No, in isolation, there isn't. I should have a right to protect my, and I, to, to be clear, I do not have a gun. But, you know, the hypothetical me that has a gun, I should have a right to protect my family. Or the hypothetical me that goes to the shooting range regularly, I should have a right to sport shoot, you know, in the, in the range where it's controlled and, 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 you know, there are rules and things. The problem is, is that all the people who are deeply, deeply, see, I'm already starting to get flippant and I don't mean to, but I was going to say in love with their guns. And I think that there's actually some amount of truth to that. But the people who, who value their guns in a way that I find to be a little bit distasteful, they, they lose the plot when it comes to the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is if there are fewer guns in the world, it is demonstrably harder for guns to kill people. If there were fewer cars on the road, it would be harder to get into a car accident. Could you do it? Absolutely. Could you plow your car into a pole? Absolutely. If there were fewer guns... Could you hurt someone with a knife? Exactly what I was going to say. Exactly what I was going to say. People really like to argue with me about knife crime because knife crime is more of a thing here because we don't have gun crime. And the thing that I... You just want to mention here before anybody points it out is, yeah, we do have a knife crime problem, but we also have knife control. So, like, it's happening, yes, but we're not saying that everybody can own a knife at the same time. So, like, yes, there is a problem, but the fundamentals of what people believe here is that you shouldn't be able to have a knife that can hurt someone, right? And so, you know, that's the thing. And I 100%... I just want to say this right now, right? There are going to be a lot of people that will have opinions about all of this stuff, and it's fine. This is mine and Casey's opinions. Everybody will have their own opinions, and I'm sure some people will want to share them. Okay. And I am i don't like to block people, but I will block literally anybody that brings to me the argument about driving a van into people, because if you just dare, that's all I'm going to say on that. I, I just can't. I can't. It's just preposterous. Because, like... It happens. It has happened here. Oh, I, I'm getting really fired up now, and I hate, I hate when I get like this because I try to not be like this because I don't know. People have opinions, and I just, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to like unnecessarily upset people. It's like not what I'm trying to do, right? Like I'm just trying to talk about this stuff, but I get carried yeah. away. So okay, let, let me bring it back a little bit so I'm sorry no no, sorry. no 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 it's fine it's, i'm i'm surprised i'm the calm one right now because actually we, you and i briefly spoke about it earlier uh before the show Ugh. and i went on a tirade in the opening of atp this past week which marco very justly cut and it was the right answer to cut it because i was emotional and well, upset. you can use you can use the calm casey mind later on to tell me what i have to cut from this episode <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't i don't think there's anything yet but i hear you but anyway but the, to bring this more local so let me tell you the way I look at it in and of itself, I understand uh, a man or woman's desire to protect their family in and of itself. I understand that a gun is a pretty darn good way to protect one's family. Why is that? It's because a gun is a killing machine. There is no two ways about this. I will accept no contesting or, or conflicting arguments about this. A gun's purpose in being is to injure other beings like i don't understand how anyone could argue this and so people will say to me in fact we got an email and it was a very respectful email but we got an email a day or so ago uh, to the atp email and they were saying hey you know you guys talk about all these fast cars and and it's kind of what you were alluding to mike you know fast cars can kill people and they were respectful don't get me wrong but like fast cars can kill people why how do you reconcile 
the fast cars thing and the guns thing. The way I reconcile it is a couple of things. First of all, there are plenty of regulations about driving a car. You have to have a license and you have to go through some amount of training and you have to get tested. Beyond that, cars have a purpose in being other than killing people. Cars can get you from A to B. Guns purpose in being. The primary purpose for a gun is to kill people. Primary purpose for a car is to safely get somebody from A to B. See, now I'm getting fired up. Uh, Mm It's to get mm -hmm. someone safely from A to B. You can drop a hairdryer in the bathtub. Yeah, you can do that, but it's not its Lots purpose. Lots of things. Lots of things can kill you, yeah. right? Like, but but creating tools to harm. I just you know there are just people in the world that don't want that to happen. Like exactly. I, I don't want I don't want there to be things created in this world that are intended to harm other people. I just don't. Right. I just don't want it. And, and, I, and, and most civilians really don't need it. Like, so in, in my, in the, in the future that liberals want, um, my, my <laughs> utopia is that, you know what? I don't need to have a gun to protect my family because here's a wild thought. Nobody has guns except the police and the military. So how do we get from A to B? Police, like, and also as well, don't put don't put guns in every one of your police officers. Well, that's a whole other discussion, which I don't disagree with. But it's not needed. We don't have it. Our police officers have tools at which they can uh, slow somebody down, um, and then we only have special trained officers that hold guns. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But let's shelve that. Let's put that in the parking lot because that's a whole other conversation. I don't have the energy for. But my point is just that this the the gun owner's answer to how do you keep your family safe is an ever is a never ending escalation of more guns more and more more guns and more powerful guns so here we come to schools it has become trendy in america and i say this not really flippantly like somehow it has become the cool thing to do if you are slightly deranged to shoot a bunch of children in a school which is the most screwed up thing in the entire world these are innocent children that are going to a place wherein they should feel safe And yet people are going and shooting up schools left and right because they can. So the gun owner's answer to this problem is obvious. (laughs) More guns. They're not going to shoot up the school if there's a buttload of guns there. And on the surface, okay, yeah, I can agree with that. On the surface, that makes sense, right? Because if I'm intent on hurting other people, I'm not going to go where I can only hurt one or two people and then I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to go where I can hurt a lot of people and then then I'll get hurt. You know what I mean? Like, like if I'm that kind of the deranged individual, yeah, okay, a bunch of guns at a school will help solve the problem. But the thing is, another way to solve this problem that doesn't involve putting killing machines around our children is, I don't know, maybe we should have less guns. Maybe a, maybe a little bit fewer guns would be a little bit better. And the problem with Americans, and I'm including myself in this, even though I don't feel this way, is that we have been told that we have in, in just unalienable rights, just rights that cannot be taken away. And one of those rights, the way it's been interpreted anyway, is we have a right to have a firearm. And I think that that's bogus. For the record, if I could repeal that portion of the Second Amendment, if I could wave a magic wand and make that go away, I would absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, do it today. But it's not quite that simple. Say, it doesn't say firearm. Well, and that's like, the thing. So here, the other thing that drives me nuts. Okay, let's assume for the sake of conversation. Let's assume that the... And like those, those, those men all those years ago literally have just no 
concept. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. 2018. Right. So let's assume for the sake of discussion that that they meant that I as a homeowner or not even a homeowner, just I as an individual can have a firearm. Let's assume that that's what they meant, which I don't think it is for the record, but let's assume that any just individual willy nilly can have a firearm. The firearms they were talking about were muskets. And okay, this is where some, you know, NRA individual will go. They may well, have even been talking about swords. Right, true. But okay, let's assume they were talking about guns. Well, and so I just told you, oh, they were talking about muskets. Well, actually, there was a repeat firing firearm. Like the, the idiot NRA spokeswoman <laughs> said this at the town hall. Well, actually, there was a, a, a like a multi-shot gun that some person had invented like 10 minutes before the Second Amendment was ratified. No, we all know that's not what they were thinking about. And I don't was something that, about Americans that I don't understand is sometime in the last I would guess 50 to 100 years we have gone from treating the constitution as a living document that can be amended like for example with the second amendment to something that cannot be changed no matter what the things that these people thought in 1776 or whatever it was this cannot be changed never again it may not be modified and I don't understand why people think that like that is why there is a process to change it and I don't understand how one could justly think, yes, I have a right to an AR-15 because some dude 200 years ago looked at a musket and said, okay, maybe that's fair for somebody to have. Like, it's not the same. And to think of it as the same is preposterous. So, you know, there was this school shooting in in, uh, Parkland, I believe, Florida. And as usual, the gun, I'm trying not to say the N-U-T word, the gun enthusiast. The gun lobby, the gun enthusiast came out and said, ah, we have the solution. The solution is to arm the teachers. And I heard this. And as the husband of a one-time teacher, I saw this for what it was, which is a preposterous, terrible idea. Like that is the dumbest idea in the entire world. So I wrote a blog post about it and I wrote something like 30 or 40 questions uh, that I would like to hear answered about why or how we can go about arming teachers. So if you're one of those people that's a card-carrying NRA member who has 13 firearms in your house, I don't want to hear any feedback about this episode. None, until you answer every one of those questions. Once you answer those questions, I will have a dialogue with you about what I've said in this episode. We're definitely just going to get the feedback, though. Like, you know that, right? Oh, I know. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. Well, I'm now. telling you, though. I'm, I, we, we made this bed for oh, yeah. ourselves. Oh, yeah, and, and that's fine. Lie in it. That's, I'll lie in it, but I'm telling you, I, I you will know, not respond to it. I think it, it might be interesting if like everybody that like thinks that the Constitution is like the one and only true document like should actually live like it's the 1700s. <laughs> like, you, you should be made to oh, live... So like that, I right? Like, if more. your belief is that this document is like the one true way of living, then like you should live, you should live like it. We should take your cell phone away. Shouldn't have access to Twitter anymore, which would be great. And then you know you get to keep a gun. So, yep, that's that's my suggestion. Yep, I completely agree. So yeah, so we're at an impasse, right? Because the people who who really value their firearms seem to think. That by taking them away or having a buyback Australia style or something like that is an, is is a personal affront to their freedoms, which taken in isolation, okay, I can sort of understand that. If that's your belief, if right? That's like your if belief. you believe that this that this is part of your freedom, if it's taken away from you, then then yes. But by that logic, your freedoms are going to be changed. Right. And so in it again, the key here is taken in isolation. Taken in isolation, I can get behind that and I understand it. The thing that bothers me, though, is that 
they seem to think that the first step is they take our guns, which again, maybe that's a buyback. So maybe you get compensated for turning in your guns and it's more of a voluntary thing. I don't know. I don't have the answers for this yet. But one way or another, these guns go away. And apparently it's like, you know, what was it in South Park? Like step one, step two, step three, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. It's like Mm -hmm. step one, take your guns. Step two, I don't know. Step three, I don't know. Step four, the government is taking all of our belongings. We're going into communism. Like that's the, what they seem to think. And I don't understand how anyone can go from, from step one to step four in this scenario. Like, okay, yes, we won't be able to rise up against our government anymore, particularly efficiently if they take our guns. But Mike, you already made this point. Like they have freaking tanks, man. Like you're not going to win this fight. Like, what do you think is going to happen if the government wants to kill you? Guess what? You're going to die. That's the way it works. Like, it's at least in America. I can't speak for anyone else. But if the government is really intent on killing you, you will be dead. And that's the end of the meeting. But the way this all works is we try, generally speaking, not to kill people that don't deserve it. We don't always do the best job, but we try not to. And so it's just preposterous to me to think that, okay, not only do I see this problem, but I think that the, the solution is not to get rid of the guns. It is instead more guns. And somebody made this analogy on Twitter. It was not, you know, somebody like it was just some random person that, that I don't know. Um, but they said something like, you know, if you think about it, if your child hits another child with a stick, don't you take the stick away? Like, yeah, the stick no, you, didn't do no, it. No, you give them a stick. Right. Yeah, and that's then, totally So, the like, they can protect themselves from further stick attacks. Exactly. Like, d- does, and yes, that is a dumb analogy. I'll be the first to tell you that's a dumb analogy. But... Eh, is it really a dumb analogy? Like, no, it's not. Like, it's, it's the same so simple. thing. It's the same freaking thing. It's so simple. I don't understand why why those who treasure their firearms don't see it this way. And so people will say, like, "Well, man, you know, cars kill a bunch of people. Maybe we should get rid of cars." Well, again, cars serve a purpose other than this. But let me make it plain: if there was a way in which I could get what I needed done, and it did not involve me driving. And that was safer for everyone. Fine. Sign me up. Another example. I love a good drink. I really love a good drink. Alcohol is dangerous. Full stop. Alcohol is dangerous. Now, most people are very responsible. Most people do a good job of not killing other people when they're under the influence of alcohol. But if we decide that it is better, like if prohibition comes back because the majority of people are are injuring each other because of, of alcohol, or maybe it's not even the majority, but like the 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 net effect of a single person the, the general consensus is believed that it should be removed exactly yeah, thank you thank you thank you yeah. for saving me yes so the general consensus is it should be removed i don't want to give my alcohol back i don't want it taken away i freaking love me some good vodka but you know what if that's what it takes to keep everyone safe screw it take my vodka take all of it take it all pour it down the drain i'll do it myself like i love a good drink and i love driving my car usually separately if you know well really always separately but you know no no no, but, no, no. But, always you know, separate casey but, but you know what i mean but you know you know what i'm saying that was a really poor choice of uh transitions there but be that as it may <laughs> this is see this is what happens uh-huh. when you speak off the top of your head um but be that as it may like if, if i couldn't drive my car anymore because that's the best way to keep our families everyone's family safe fine then do it. Let's do it. And I love driving. Or another great example. For some reason, it's decided that standard transmissions, that you know, that six-speed cars start blowing up randomly. 
Take my BMW immediately. Well, like mine does, actually. Good point. (laughs) You know what I'm driving at, right? Like, take it away. Just take it away. And I love driving my car more than almost anything. Take it away. Take it away right now. Burn it. I'll melt it myself. Like, this insistence on clinging to these death machines, I just don't understand it. And it is preposterous to me to think that adding killing machines to freaking schools is the right answer like these these gun nuts are like oh well, let's give everyone let's give everyone a gun let's get lots of cameras let's just lock it all down metal detectors and i'm like do you all guys right. not okay. see this as prison uh, we need to stop now we, we need to stop now uh, yeah you're right now so here's the thing gonna round this up is mine and casey's opinions that is what they are because they are our opinions we believe that we are right that's just human beings i expect that many of you will have Opinions across the spectrum, um, and that's fine if that is your opinion and you believe it to be right. So all I ask is that discourse is welcomed as long as it is polite. We're happy to discuss anything and and see anything that you may want to share with us on no matter where you sit on this debate. Please try and be polite. Um, I, I don't know if, how well we have succeeded, but I guess we have tried to be <laughs> polite. But you know, that's all we ask um, is that if you want, if you if you have an opinion that you want to share in in return, uh, that we ask that you keep it polite. And I would just guess something to link people to if they're interested uh, would be MarchForOurLives.com. This feels like a thing that is uh, really important right now, um, and that there is a lot of information that you can find there uh, to support some just truly remarkable individuals. Um, who are trying to make a difference. And if you uh, don't believe in what me and Casey are saying, just go and just go and take a look and read this website anyway and see how, what kind of effect that it has on you because who knows, it, it might spark something. So yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't feel great having had this conversation, um, but at the same time, I don't feel like we could really avoid it. So we have had it and... That is that. Yeah. I mean, just to, uh, to put a final period on the sentence, I mean, just to, to really hammer this home, uh, just think about what it's like as a parent where uh, Declan's only going to preschool, which is not something I feel that's like on you're doing radar. something right now, which is not wrapping up this conversation. No, just, I don't, just bear with me here. Uh, okay. You know, imagine that every time you send your child to school, that may be the last time you ever see them. Imagine what that would feel like to school. That, that may be the very last time you ever see them. Mm-hmm. And imagine if your spouse is a teacher. And every day when they go to work at a school, that may be the last time you ever see them. And just imagine how that feels. And then tell me again, look me in the eye, and tell me again that your guns are more important. That's that's all I have to say. It's a very good point, but I feel like that, that was not in the spirit of closing down the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, why don't you tell like, us? Why don't you I feel tell like us? you took advantage of me there a uh, little bit. I couldn't uh, help. I couldn't but, help. Uh, I know you couldn't, but it's it is a very good point. Let's talk about something that's awesome and do at least a couple of relay your feels. All right, today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Linode. With Linode, you'll have access to a suite of powerful hosting options with prices starting at just $5 a month, and you'll have your own virtual server up and running in the Linode cloud in, believe it or not, just under a minute. It's so easy to do. Whether you're getting started with your first server or deploying a complex system, Linode is the right choice for you. They offer the fastest hardware and network options with fantastic customer support to underpin everything. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. They offer 99.9% uptime for their availability. Once your server is up, 
they like to try and keep it that way, and boy, how do you do they? And Linode offer additional storage too. Block storage is now out of beta and is available in Fremont and Newark, and they plan to expand their block storage to all data centers by June. Linode is amazing for tasks like hosting large databases, running a mail server, running Docker containers, and so much more. And Linode is hiring right now if this interests you. You can go to linode.com slash careers to find out more. Linode has fantastic pricing options available for their virtual servers. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for just $5 a month, and they offer high memory plans starting with 16 gigabytes of RAM as well. As a listener of this show, you can sign up today at linode.com slash analog. That's L-I-N-O-D-E dot com slash analog. This way you'll be supporting us and also getting $20 towards any Linode plan. On the one gigabyte of RAM plan, that is four free months and with a seven-day money-back guarantee it's nothing to lose so go today to linode.com slash analog to learn more sign up and take advantage of that $20 credit or you can use the promo code analog2018 at checkout thank you so much to linode for their support of this show okay so many 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 people do this and we would like it if you could do this more if you send out a tweet into the world with the hashtag relay your feels that go into a document it's gonna be any question things you want to hear us talk about things you want our opinions on we haven't done these in a while and i'm going to make sure that we do them more frequently kevin wants to know what are your thoughts on the olympics and do you watch them now i'm assuming kevin asked this question because the winter olympics just kind of happened um winter olympics you have some interesting things that happen but I will say that on the whole, I tend to just watch the Summer Olympics if I watch anything. Yeah, uh, we do pay attention to the Olympics at least somewhat. We've had it on from time to time in the evenings. Um, I do feel like we get a little more jazzed by the Summer Olympics. Uh, although I grew up with uh, my mom. My mom always really loved figure skating and I grew to really like it over the years of watching it all the time. And, um, and so... I was expecting to have been, had more interest in the figure skating this year, but actually haven't really paid too much attention. Um, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. But yeah, like you, I don't think I pay as much attention to it as the Summer Olympics. So the reason for me is the Summer Olympics houses the events that I generally like to watch more. Um, a lot of the athletics I enjoy, you know, like a lot of the the, the running races. It's probably a better way to phrase it than that. I'm not a sports person. <laughs> um, and I also very much enjoy the gymnastic events. Um, that they're very, I, I, I really enjoy watching the kind of the incredible feats that people put on during the gymnastics. And also, um, Great Britain tends to be only good at the summer games. <laughs> a lot of the things that we are best at are housed in the summer games. And of course, you know, there are there are people in the Team GB team in the Winter Olympics that are doing incredible things and they're winning and et cetera, et cetera. But the stuff that we like are really good at uh, tends to be summer. So like rowing and cycling, right? Like we are very good at those things historically. Um, and we and you know so yeah the, and I'll say the last um, so yes okay I know we got a bunch of medals we got five medals which is great but we get lots more medals than that in the summer games um, <laughs> so sometimes I mean so okay the only Olympics that I've ever super paid attention to was the 2012 Olympics um, which was in London uh, because it was in London and it was great and there was a lot of pride and it was a lot of fun and everybody enjoyed it and we did really good in a lot of things um you know with that hometown advantage going for us so yeah it, that was a lot of fun that was the most olympics i've ever watched also because i was employed at the bank at the time and i knew that travel was going to be horrific through london so i just took two weeks off and i wasn't going anywhere and i mostly just stayed at home and watched the olympics it was great 
That's awesome. Did but you didn't go to any of the events in person? No, because I, okay, so I didn't. Th- I thought I was going to hate having the Olympics in London. Everybody thought that. I think it was like a master propaganda move where like the media and the government were telling us that London was going to suck and it was going to be terrible, right? And what? But at the same time, they were setting up like incredible uh, events and home and like British pride type things, right? So like the opening ceremony just made everyone so proud to be British and it was incredible and we loved it. Um, and so it's, it came as a surprise and then everyone was super happy during the Olympics because we all thought it was going to be the worst thing ever, but it was actually awesome, right? And then we started winning. So yeah, I didn't get any tickets and then I was trying every day to get tickets because they did like daily events and stuff uh, where you could get them. And yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I tried, but I didn't. That's a bummer. All right. Paul asks, contemplating a career change towards software or app development. Casey, what prompted you to get into development? How did you get started? Um, there's several different answers that I could give to this question. And in the interest of time, I'll try to give the quick summary. Um, when I was a little kid, I would want to play video games on our uh, IBM PC. And I would have to ask dad, like, hey, how do I do this? Or how do I start this? Or, you know, can you help me with that? And generally speaking, dad was very forgiving and uh, patient with me. But eventually it got to the point, and I can understand it looking back on it, that he was just a little frustrated. And eventually he actually handed me the DOS, which is an old operating system, kids. Um, he handed me the DOS user's manual and said, just, just, just read this. And fast forward, you know, 25, 30 years, and here I am doing this for a living. Um, So I have a post on my website that's in the reference page, in case you were wondering, uh, where it talks about how do I get into programming? And, um, And what I recommend is if you have a specific problem to solve, that's how you can get into it. Because if you just are doing it for the fun of it, you're never really going to get motivated enough to properly learn what you need in order to complete a project. But if you say to yourself, hey, I really want an app that does blank, you'll probably be able to find a way to do it. And so that's what I would recommend to get started is figure out a way, figure out a thing, a a itch that you want to scratch and then scratch it. That sounds like a pretty good, pretty good way to get in. I mean, I feel like that's how a lot of people who get started in these kind of like creative endeavors get going. Yeah. Right. That like you find a thing that you want to do that doesn't exist, and you want it to exist, so you do it. Um, Sif has written in, has written in, written in. Whoa, <laughs> boy, oh boy! I realized I don't like listening to podcasts. I like listening to Mike talk to his friends. Aww. Views on people and in podcasts. Um. Yes, this is how I feel. Uh, like, so one of my, you know, if I'm looking outside of listening to my friends, um, I really enjoy the McElroy brand uh, product of shows <laughs> because I am listening to a very close family. And that's what I like. I like listening to the relationship of this family and the way uh, that they all talk to each other and about each other and with each other and the things that they do. And, you know, so yeah, I can totally sympathize to that um, because that's one of the reasons that I love the shows that I love is because I get to hear people's relationships. And I think that there are, there are lots of different types of podcasts and like ones like this one, ones like basically every show at Relay FM by and large um, ultimately is based around the relationships between the people that make the show. And that becomes something that you want to listen to over time. 
um, it, that not all podcasts are like this. We have some shows that are like interview-based shows and guest-based shows, which obviously that's not the case. But any kind of fixed panel type show is the relationships that you get caught on in the end. Yeah, I think some of my favorite moments on ATP have been not about a specific technology or a particular conversation. I, I, I don't those. I don't remember the discussion that you have about X type of thing. Right. right. I remember the discussions when you're all driving each other mad right, and like exactly. making fun of each other. Right. And like someone does something wild and the other two can't believe it. And yeah, that's the stuff that I remember. Exactly. And like when, when John exposed his one true self with regard to window management, it was like episode ninety six or something like that. I forget exactly which one it was. But when we were talking about John's eight billion tabs and how he arranges all his windows on his desktop like that might be my single most favorite moment of atp and yes it it is ostensibly about the technology but in reality it's really an analog moment isn't it it's it's more like this show just like you said mike where it's just us beating the crap out of each other in a friendly way and talking to each other and and being friends less about being hosts of a technology podcast so i couldn't agree with Mm -hmm. you more Andrew's written in, uh, what's the best way to handle receiving technology gifts that aren't quite you w- what you want or need? Like, for example, somebody buys you the, an iPad, but it's the wrong type. How do you deal with kind of unwanted gifts? Oh, that's a great question. Um, oh, the, the easy one is warranty, yeah. right? Or like return yeah, yeah, yeah. policies, I guess, is yeah, the easy way to deal with say. this stuff. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, and and most things are reasonably easy to return as long as you're not forced to like open them on the spot. You know, the person isn't like locked into seeing. Oh, I want to see how it makes you feel when you open it. So I agree with Mike. Just return it. And finally, today Heather asked, "When you're traveling, how often do you communicate with your significant other?" Uh, I can start uh, too often. <laughs> I mean that in a good way. Uh, I am constantly sending Aaron text messages and or calling and or FaceTiming whenever I can. Um, this is particularly hard um, when we're a couple time zones away, not in the same way it is for you, for you, Mike. I mean, that's got to be a whole new kind of hard. But oftentimes three hours makes it difficult because it's just enough. And I say that because I'm often going to the West Coast if I'm traveling at all. Um, it, three hours is difficult because... It's far enough of a difference that it makes a difference, but it's not like a eight or 10 or 12 hour thing where you're just like on an entire different side of the day, but it's still daytime for everyone involved. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So how is it for you guys though? It's got to be much worse for you. We basically communicate the same way that we communicate whenever we're apart. So like there isn't an increase in frequency because I'm in another country like we talk to each other as much as we talk to each other when Adina's at work, mm, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like we send messages backwards and forwards about what's going on and what we're doing, but we're not like we don't do it constantly. Like not okay, we don't do it um, like overbearingly, but we do it constantly. So there is like just like a constant stream of communication between the two of us that occurs mostly over text message for that period of time. And if I'm going away for long enough. You know, which is like, say, like one week plus, right? So, like, it's like more than five days, say. Then at some point, I will have a, we, we will have at least one FaceTime call if our schedules will allow for it. Um, but yeah, we, I don't feel like we specifically increase the frequency of communication more than we would if, like, I think it was working late, right? Like, we, 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 we always talk 
right? Like when she leaves for work in the morning or whatever, that that isn't the last time that I'll speak to Adina before she comes home. So sure, it's it's basically kind of the same frequency, but just over a longer period of time. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, it does, and I think that actually pretty accurately describes Aaron and me as well. Cool. All right. Uh, send tweets. Hashtag relay your feels. Uh, I apologize for everything and nothing. I don't know what to say. Um, but that, I guess that's that. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>